Me and Will love it. Have a special. So Will had special night. He said he said he wasn't singing. I said yes, you are. So we threw this together like two minutes ago.
great job, Caleb and Will. And uh, Will, next time, eat the microphone. And a lot of people think that little feedback is because the sound guy is trying to get you. And uh, so get, eat the microphone. You did great. Thank you. It's great to have Brother Darren Clements uh, with us tonight. Many of you may be familiar with Brother Larry Clements, his dad, and uh, used to be editor-in-chief of the ABA, and then for almost exactly 20 years at Pauline. And uh, so, Brother Darren, you can, uh, of course, come share what God is doing and uh, even, of course, bring us a portion of God's holy word. And uh, we're looking forward to it, brother. So, come on. Well, it's good to be with you tonight. Um, my name is Darren Clements. Uh, I've actually got a pretty nice-sized family. I'm married to Jennifer, my wife, and we have three children. I brought one of them. Jude, my oldest, is 13. And I have a daughter named Lucy and a young son named Will. Um, we're in Dallas, Texas. I never thought I'd say that uh, I'm... I'm a resident of Texas. I, I just never thought I, that would be, but uh, but you know God has a sense of humor, and uh, never say never say never with God because He sends you to to foreign lands like Texas. <laughs> uh, if you have your Bibles, um, open them to Matthew chapter 28. Ironically, this is what uh, we talked about uh, in our class tonight: the Great Commission, uh, Matthew 28. Uh, verse 16 through 20. I want to ask you two questions um, as we look at the Great Commission. As I was studying this, um, I just jotted down some things. Um, the first question, as I was reading this, I wrote down, is this. I asked of myself, and I'm also going to ask of you. Um, are you making progress in your spiritual journey? Are you making progress... In your spiritual journey, compared to where you were this time last year, are you closer to God than you were? I hope so. Uh, many times as, as pastors, I experienced this, this at Pauline, as leaders, um, you know, we always ask the questions, that, you know, is it possible to me- measure the heart of people, of our members? You know, we're always trying to see growth. We're, we're like the fruit inspectors, right? We want to see growth in people's lives. Remember the, the movie, How the Grinch Stole Christmas? You remember that movie? Well, I love that movie. Uh, you know, the old Grinch, we, we, had, we got a picture into his heart. You remember that? This magical x-ray machine. And we found out that his heart was, what, like two or three times too small. But then something happened in the course of the movie, right? Something, he had a life change. And we see his heart just grow. And sometimes I think as pastors... We'd like to have that x-ray machine at the door as you enter. <laughs> we want to see some growth, you know. We want to see your heart grow. We do have a rubric, the Word of God. In fact, Jesus said in John 13, 35, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. It's love. Your love. You see, where there's life, there's growth. When something's alive like a tree, it's going to bear fruit. We need to be growing. The problem is, you know, I cannot see your heart. Brother Michael can't see your heart. God can. God can. And he wants to see personal growth. So are you making spiritual uh, growth? Are you progressing, growing in your spiritual journey? And as you think about that question, the second question is this. Who are you bringing with you on your journey? Who are you bringing with you 
on your journey. You see, part of the sanctification process is not just to be holy and to become like God, but it's also to reproduce your life into other people, invest your life into other people, and bring someone with you. So who are you bringing with you? Who are you praying for, praying with? Helping grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because as we see in our text here, that's what it's all about. That's why this church is here. This is why we're breathing, existing as Christians. Our great commission. So let's read Matthew 28, starting in verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now stop right there. If you underline or if you make notes in your Bible, underline they worshipped him. Very important part that sometimes we skip in the Great Commission. Uh, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world or the age. Amen. If someone were to ask me why the church exists out of out of all the words in the Bible, over seven and a half million words in the Bible, why? Uh, what's the most important words? I would have to take them here. This is the great. This is why the church uh, exists to bring God glory through our own lives and bring others to Him. God has a purpose and a plan for everyone here. You know, sometimes I want. You know, when Je- when Jesus saved me, why didn't He just take me on into glory? <laughs> You know, we ask this, I just want to, you know, well, the reason is, it's not just about you. <laughs> Your life is not just about you. It's about seeing others. So if you're breathing, if you're here, God has a plan and purpose for your life. To invest it in Him and in others. When every member is fulfilling his or her purpose in this, in this church, then whether you grow or not is completely up to God, but we must make sure we're obedient to do what God has told us to do. It's a command, right? You said that tonight. It's not, it's not just an opinion, a suggestion. It's a command. So, I wrote down three elements really quickly involved that will help you answer. What are the two questions I asked? Where are you in your spiritual journey? And who are you bringing with you? There's three elements right here that will help answer that question. First, we must make worshiping Jesus a priority. We must make worshiping Jesus a priority. A priority. After Jesus' death, burial, and his resurrection, uh, we read in verse 16, he met with his disciples. Uh, in fact, there's a period of 40 days. You can read uh, what 1 Corinthians 15, Paul tells us there's over 500 people saw him during this time. Um, and then in verse 17, it says, When they saw him, they worshiped him. And as I studied this, I read this, they worshiped him. It made me wonder, what, this is what I'm going to ask you, what did this look like? When they saw him, they worshipped him. They're on the mount. Did they, did they get some pews and sit down? All right, we're going to sit down, Jesus. What do you got for us? Sing some songs? Do you think that's, that's what they did here? I'm just I'm, I'm thinking out loud. What did this look like? What did their worship look like? The word worship... It's a good study if you have time to, to study the word worship. It actually literally means to, to, to fall prostrate, just to fall down. Some say uh, to embrace. Some even says to kiss the hand. 
Just imagine that. When the disciples saw Jesus, when they met Him, they worshipped Him. I bet they were loving on some Jesus. Think about that. We serve the same Jesus. They worshipped Him. They made Jesus the priority of their lives. So what does this look like for you and me? Certainly, I believe it's more than what the typical American church has made worship. A once a week gathering where we sit in pews and sing some songs and we try to stay awake through a sermon. Certainly, it's more than that. Worshiping Jesus is a lifestyle. It's an everyday lifestyle and occurrence. We've got to worship Jesus every day of the week. And I, I, I love worship time. I love when we corporately come together and sing songs. But as a pastor, I'm telling you, China changed my whole perspective of how we do evangelism, how we do worship. Because see, you just can't do what we do here everywhere. <laughs> you just can't do it. And we take it for granted sometimes. But in America specifically, I've, I've been at fault here as a pastor We've made this setting so convenient and comfortable for you. I enjoyed the preacher today. Preaching was good today, brother. Or I love that song. I love, you know, it's, and we, we've made the mistake as leaders to lead you to believe that worship is about you. And it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God. It's about Christ. That's what worship is. What about Christ in me? What does He do in you and through you? That's worship. So it's not just a once a week or twice or three times a week. It's an every day. Waking up, dying to yourself, and spending time with Jesus. Embracing Jesus every day. So what's the point? If you're not, here's the point. I wrote, I wrote it down. If you're not consistently worshiping God as a lifestyle in love and devotion to Him, you're not growing as a disciple of Christ. You have a heart problem. We must prioritize worship every day. So tomorrow morning, you wake up, love Jesus. Spend time in His Word, in prayer, in devotion to Him. Second element is this. Make disciples. We must make disciples. This is what Christianity is all about. Let, let me repeat that in case some of you are asleep. <laughs> Making disciples is what Christianity is all about. The reason God saved you is to bring others into His family. This brings glory to God. Verse 18. I love it. This is what we dwell on a lot in the, in the Great Commission. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to who? Jesus. And I love that because all authority, think about that, the creator of the universe, the God of heaven, the creator of you and me, all authority has been given to me, Jesus said. And so what he's saying here is he's saying, because I'm the creator of it all, and there's no one above me, what I'm about to say is very important, so you better listen up. 
That's, that's in fact what he's saying. All authority has been given to me. So what? Go. Make disciples. Teach. Baptize. But as I studied this, um, you know, this, you, many of you may know this already, but uh, it was kind of life-changing for me as I studied this passage. You know, you hear something your whole life. Growing up as a preacher's kid, I heard it my whole life, the Great Commission, what we're supposed to do. I actually get into the language here, and it's like, wow. There's only one verb. Any English people out there? There's only one verb in this whole lengthy, in our English Bible, we don't get it necessarily. It looks like there's a bunch of commands, right? Imperative commands. There's only one verb. And the verb is not go. It's not. The verb is make disciples. Make disciples. What I love about this, and I wrote down Young's literal translation. I don't know if you've ever read that or not, but I love, it's a word for word, just, I love Young's literal translation, I had to write it down. This is what, this is how he translates this verse, it says, having gone, disciple all nations, and then, in parentheses, it says, teaching them to observe everything I command you, baptizing them in the name of the Father. So, what is he, what is it saying? It's saying, as you go throughout life, okay, wherever you are, remember, de- demographics doesn't They change all the time. As you go, the imperative is make disciples of all nations. How do you do that? Here's the parentheses. You teach them to observe all things. You baptize them in these waters. You train them up. And then you send them out. Making disciples is very, very beautiful. So who is responsible for making disciples? Who is it? That's what I love about the commission. When Jesus was talking here, you notice he didn't say, Hey, Peter, come over here. John, come over here. I got something for you to do. You know, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna pastor the church. Now, now they're gonna, church members are going to come in and, you know, when they feel comfortable, they're going to join your church. If they feel like it's the place for them, they're going to join. Their... Did he do that? No. Who is the commission for? Is it just for Brother Michael? No, it's for all believers. All of us. Everyone who claims to be a Christian is responsible for making disciples for the church. So how do we make disciples? How did Jesus do it? Very simply, he loved on people. He loved the sinner. He ate dinner with sinners. He went out. He went to where they were. He met needs. He befriended. He loved them. And he shared about why he was there. That's our task. It's being shameless about our Christ. Loving God, loving others, being real and authentic in your love for Christ in your world every day. So who are we to disciple? Of all nations. Make disciples of all nations or peoples. Verse 19 says, you know, many times we read this, and like I said, growing up, you automatically think we need to send more missionaries, right, to the other side of the world. Um, but let me, let me challenge you. Uh, your challenge in Hamburg, Arkansas, your nations are right outside these doors. Right outside these doors. Ethnicities, races of people. In other words, this church should reflect the demographics of this city. All nations 
of Hamburg Promised Land should be inside these doors, these doors right here. I'm so glad Jesus put this phrase in here. I'm so glad he didn't say, make disciples of all people who look just like you. It's, it's not an exclusive message. All nations. So the point, the church should reach all nations in this town, in this city for Christ. There's absolutely no barrier between you and anyone else who needs Jesus. We have a responsibility, right? To share. What's the, the kid's song? Red and yellow, black and white. They are all precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children, the men, the women of all nations. And if He does, we do too. So, the challenge I have, and it's very simple, make one disciple. Make one. That's what Brother Michael said tonight, right? Just invest in one. Just imagine if everyone in, I don't know how many people we have in there, but everyone took that challenge. This time next year I'm going to make one disciple. What would God do to promised land if every one of us took that challenge? Invest. And you know, a lot of times preachers, they say, invite a friend to church. Well, I'm going to go a step further and I'm going to say invest in a friend. Invest time in a friend. And don't be surprised when God changes you, your perspective, and blesses this church as a result of you making a commitment to one person. Pray for that person. Whoever it is. A co-worker. A student. A friend. Ask God to put someone on your heart and invest time making disciples. That's our commission. The third element here is we must depend on the Holy Spirit. We have the promise in verse 20. It says, And surely I am with you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the very end of the world or the age Jesus ascended into heaven soon after this, but then He sent the Holy Spirit. We got Acts to read the Holy Spirit came down the day of Pentecost to be with us and empower the church to fulfill the commission. The Spirit of Christ is in our midst, but as believers, the power of Christ is also in you. We are the temple, right? We are the body. Don't be afraid. Christ is with you. Share your faith. Make disciples and depend on the Holy Spirit. Because He will enable you. He just promised it to us. He will enable you. And I've seen it over and over again. Just take time. Pray for a person. And when God gives you the opportunity, intentionally make that relationship happen. And invest your time in that person. You're saying, well, I don't, you know. And I'm telling you, Before I went to China, I thought salvation was... I was a faith evangelism director. I I thought more of about an outline I needed to memorize. It's not about an outline. It's not what comes out of your mouth. It's about a relationship. And when you open up your life to someone else, you pray for that person, God will give you the opportunity to share Christ with that person. So don't be surprised when that happens because the power is in you. And He'll give you the words to speak, even. To share. And all really they want to know is what's, what's happened in your life. That's your testimony. Whether you were saved when you were young or just how, how your life has changed. Just in the past year, right? Just in the past year. How has God changed you? And growing you closer to become like Him. It's supernatural. 
that power we need to share with other people. And be assured and depend on the Holy Spirit because He'll enable you to do that. Now, maybe some of you are here um, as I close and um, you're kind of indifferent to this challenge. I don't need to do anything different in my life. I've been doing this for years. Or I come to church every time the church doors are open. That's good. But may I challenge you to pray and ask God to give you an opportunity to make one disciple this year. Just one. You know, Jesus didn't command us to make more money, to make more friends, or even to show up every time the church doors are open, did He? He commanded us to make disciples. That's our commission, our command that we must obey. I jotted down three reasons um, to take this message seriously. And here here they are, um, very bluntly. (laughs) I just wrote them down. Uh, First reason is this. We need to take this message very seriously. I've already said it. It's Christ's commands. It's not my words. It's not Brother Michael's words. These are Christ's commands. Christ's last command before He ascends into heaven is this. So His last command needs to be kind of our first concern, right? Your last dying will and testament usually is pretty important, powerful words that you want to leave with people. We need to make that uh, happen. So it's His commands, not mine. Make disciples. Second, If you don't, this church will die. If you don't make disciples, this church will die. Just think about it like this. If you're not physically reproducing, what's going to happen to the next generation? Not going to exist. A beautiful picture of physical reproduction in making disciples. Spiritually reproducing yourself. Investing in the lives of others. God will... Blow this church wide open if every one of you take that to heart. So if you're not reproducing, you're dying. Third is this, if we don't, people will die and go to hell. Revelation 20 verse 15 says, If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. That's Jesus' words. It's that serious. It's not some nonchalant command. To take lightheartedly. Every one of us are going to have to stand before Christ. And when you stand before Christ, you're going to be by yourself. You're not going to get to point fingers at your church or your pastor or your wife. No excuses. You're going to stand before Christ. What are you going to say? Jesus is going to say, what did you do with the time, the talents, the treasures I've given you? Did you invest them? Did you make disciples? What are you going to say? I don't know about you, but that, that's motivation enough for me every morning I think about that. I'm going to have to give account of my actions, my time, how I spend my time. May we all, as followers of Jesus Christ, make disciples. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for this time. Uh, thank You for the opportunity um, to open up Your Word and to speak truth. God, there's a cost to following You. It's not easy. It's not convenient. It's not comfortable. But God, that's the only way true joy can be found in our lives. And peace come from You is when we surrender not just Sundays, but every day to You. Help us to open up our eyes 
to see opportunities right there in front of us every single day of our life. Soften hearts. God, we're not perfect, but God, we're privileged as children of God to be used by you. Help us to open up our mouth. Help us to, to, to live lives that draw other people to you. And help us to rely on your spirit. God, thank you so much for this commission. Help us to take it to heart. Help us to not go out these doors unchanged. Not just saying, oh, that was a good message and do nothing about it. May we repent, change directions, and follow your commission. Thank you for your love for us, most of all through your Son, Jesus Christ. And we pray this in His name. Amen.